Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. All right, if you guys just want to stand to your feet with me right now, you guys can stand up. This is our third week in our family series, and this is the second part on on marriage. One of the biggest things the Lord said to Kayla and I as we were preparing for this was, let's get real about marriage. So at the very beginning, uh, I'm going to share a story with you. Pretty embarrassing for me, but hilarious for you. Uh, (laughs) So... Kaylin and I led a, a missions trip last year, and it was to Toronto. During this time, we had found out Kaylin had just, she had just, like, gotten pregnant, or she didn't just get pregnant, but I just found out, right? So that, uh, that first trimester, if you've ever had a, a child, uh, you realize that a woman can actually get pretty tired, right? You can get kind of tired, and you're just, like, not really into what you're doing. So we're supposed to be leading this trip, and she's really tired, and it's our first child, and I didn't get it. So I was, like, less than sympathetic, right? Like, less than sympathetic. And she was like, why aren't you sympathetic? I was like, I, we're supposed to be leading this. Let's, let's go. So we went to church that Sunday. We dropped the kids off, uh, dropped them off for church, and we, we parked the cars. When we went to park the cars, we got out of the cars, and we had this all-out fight in the church parking lot, like yelling at each other. Kaylin started crying. Like, this was so bad. It you was really so horrible. really I'm telling you. Yeah, it was horrible. I had no idea. So I was, like, yelling at her. I actually said, this was, this is, oh, my gosh. I actually said, man, if, if you can't take this, you should just go home. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is so stupid. But so this is what happened, though. We start walking, we're like, a fight's over. We're both upset, both incredibly mad. We walk through the church doors. This is literally what happened. I walk in the church door, and there's this guy standing there, and it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? So glad to be at church. Like, I'm saying this. Like, hey, great to be here. This is awesome. Thanks for having us, guys. As my wife walks in behind me crying. Like, <laughs> what is happening? And so we're literally sitting in this church service. We went in for a couple minutes, and she's, she's bawling her eyes out in service. And it was like... You have that moment with God, right, when he's like, are you for real? Like, are you for real? So this morning, we want to get real about marriage, and we're going to hit on two portions of Scripture. I'm going to read these real quick, and then we're going to pray. Genesis 2, 23 through 25 says, And the man said, This one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. And the other one is Hebrews 13, 4, and it says, the first part of this says, marriage must be honored by all. If you just want to grab the hand of the person next to you, we're going to pray together. Father, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for, for marriage and the fullness of all it is. God, I thank you for those that are here today on all sides of that. Uh, whether they're single, whether they're uh, a divorcee, whether they're widowed, whether they're married right now. God, I thank you that you have a word for every single one of us this morning. And Holy Spirit, we just say take, take control of this whole, this whole service. God, God, wipe out all the notes, wipe out everything. We just say take over the service, Holy Spirit. Take over this service. God, we thank you for every single person here today. And we all said, Amen. 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 So I think we can all um, agree that there's a huge attack on marriage today in our generation. And whenever the enemy really targets something, we have to ask the question, why? Because he knows the plan of marriage. And he knows, like, I need to destroy this because there is power in marriage When I was um, preparing for this, God um, showed me that there are um, people that have really been wounded by marriage. 
And, you know, we can stand up here and, and talk about, yeah, like the power of marriage and how awesome it is, but we realize that here on this earth, many people have been wounded by it. And, you know, it could be your own marriage, but it could be your parents' marriage or just marriages. I mean, the thing is, is that when the enemy attacks marriage, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your whole family. It affects friends. It affects everyone. Here's the thing that God really impressed upon me this morning is that we are just practicing here on this earth that there is actually going to be a real wedding. When we get to heaven, there's going to be a wedding. And, you know, we sang about it this morning that Jesus is actually returning. And that here's the thing. Think about when, when maybe you got married or at a wedding that you've attended. My favorite thing is to always look at the groom when I go to a wedding. Because you see on his face, like some grooms, they just bawl their eyes out like babies. Some just like, just smile and you can just see it all over their face like, ah, oh, here's my bride. And you know, as a bride, you spend all day getting ready. You do your hair, your makeup, you get dressed in this beautiful gown. And, and it's not just one day of getting ready. It is months of getting ready. And it is like with this one intention of like, I am getting ready to meet my groom. Church, there is going to be a wedding. And it is going to be the biggest and best wedding that you have ever experienced. And sometimes we don't think about it like this because we, you know, we've been kind of jaded by marriage. But there is one marriage that will never fail you. And that is the marriage that we get to experience with Jesus. That he is the bridegroom. And he is ready. He is waiting. He is going to be that groom. I don't know if he'll be just smiling or if he'll be bawling his eyes out or both. But he has emotion. And sometimes we forget that. That this whole reason why we're here right now is because he is a groom that is pursuing his bride. Come on. That's amazing. Because anybody here that is like, man, this whole marriage thing, I don't know. You can be assured that one day marriage is going to be perfect. And it's our marriage to our bridegroom, Jesus. So I want to um, just highlight that there is um, power in the marriage covenant, and it's all practice for that one day. And, um, you know, the Bible says that, that one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. There is serious power in the marriage covenant. And I believe that's why the enemy has said, you know what, I need to target that. Because if, if we are the picture to the world of what Jesus feels about his church, then the enemy would just want to come in and destroy that and skew that to the world, right? So we want to get real today. We want to talk about this and just check in on and every person and just say, how's your heart? How is your marriage? When, when we were engaged, um, several people would come up to me and just say, like, oh, do you have your dress, and do you have this, and where is it going to be, and, you know, all the details about the wedding. But, but something that God really um, impressed upon me is he said, you know what, your wedding is one day, and your marriage is a lifetime. So who really cares about the color of your nails? <laughs> What you're going to have for dinner on your wedding night, on your wedding day, like, that's important, but it's really not important. So today, this is a marriage check-in. How are you? How are you? We wanted to share a little bit about our, our story. Um, we had an incredible, like, fairy tale meeting of how, how we met. So um, we 
basically, I had just gotten back from college, and I thought that I was going to be single for the rest of my life because I didn't marry, I didn't meet anybody in college. All my friends met their husband in college, so I'm like, shoot, like that was my one chance. That's basically why I even went, and so. Like, what do I do now? And so I got back, and, you know, there weren't too many options in New Hampshire. It was like, where are all the guys? They're just not here. They all moved. So um, so I uh, get invited to go to this house of prayer in, in Manchester. I didn't really even know what it was, but I'm like, sure. So I go, and um, I it's just all women. So literally everywhere I would go, I'd be like, oh, I wonder if I'll meet my, my husband here. And um, I was always ready, always looking. And there were all women here, so I'm like, oh, shoot, not going to happen today. So I get to this this prayer meeting, and uh, we start praying and worshiping. And, and all of a sudden, this guy um, hobbles in the room on crutches, and he looks to be about my age. So I'm like, who is that? And why is there a man here? And so I'm, like, squinting because my vision isn't, like, that great. But I'm trying not to make it obvious, and I'm trying to decide, is he attractive or not? So I'm like... Squinting, but don't don't make it too obvious. Squinting, okay. So, really, worship, worship. We're here to worship and pray. So, um, all of a sudden, I get called to the center of the room, and come to find out, the prayer leader is his mother. So she calls me to the center of the room. She doesn't even know who I am, and she says, "I feel like God wants to use you as as a demonstration this morning. Are you willing to do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So then she says, "Phil, come here for a second. So here we are standing here, and we are in the middle of an entire circle of like 20 to 30 people. And she says to us, um, she says, Phil, this is Kaylin. Kaylin, this is Phil. I just met her for the first time that morning. And he reached out his left hand because his right hand was in the crutch. And he shook my hand, and I looked up, and I said, okay, he is attractive. <laughs> I saw the blue eyes, and I was like, settled. All right, here we go. So, so she says, I feel as though God wants to use you guys to bring your generation back to Christ in purity. Now, this was before I had even come on staff at the church, hadn't even decided what I was going to do, if I was going to work with the youth or not. And um, so she's, she's prophesying this over us, that we're going to be using our generation to bring the youth back to Christ and to walk in purity. And so we, she asks us to have this time of prayer where I am praying on behalf of the girls in our generation. Phil's praying on behalf of the boys. We're both bawling our eyes out. We are just having this total God moment, right? And we are kind of like, what is happening? And I see his heart for Jesus. And I say, you know, I've met guys before who have been a Christian, but this man has an intimacy with God. That, that that's what I've been looking for. Like, he knows God. I can tell by the way he's praying, by the way he's bawling and, and speaking about the revelation from the word. So we have this total moment. We sit down, and I'm like, what the heck just happened? Like, is this like, you know, I'm trying not to, like, overanalyze, right? Because women can do that. We can be like, well, so when's the wedding? Like, let's just do this. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, don't do that, Kaylin, because you don't want to be disappointed. So I sit down, and somebody mentions that he's home um, with a knee injury because he's a professional soccer player. I'm like, stop it. This is too good to be true. Like, I play soccer, and I've, like, that would be, like, my dream if you asked me, like, what's your dream, like, to marry a professional soccer player? But I would never voice that because I'm like, yeah, that would never happen. So, um, 
I hear that and I'm like, no way, like this is crazy. So his mom um, comes in and we get to talk after that whole thing happened and um, we get to, to discover that we've both done sports ministry trips overseas and we have all this stuff in common and, and so we leave and I never know, like am I ever going to see him again? Like, I don't know. So I was with um, Pastor Lisa Bonanno, we drove together. We get in the car, we see Phil walk out the church and Lisa says, oh my gosh, you have to invite me to your wedding. And I'm like, Lisa, calm down. Like we just met. Oh my gosh. But like, seriously, I think we are going to get married. And so, um, so we're just like going back and forth and trying not to get too excited, you know? So again, we leave, don't know. The next Sunday he shows up here at Grace Capital Church. So I'm like, oh, like, I guess, you know, he might be interested. So um, he says to me, um, he heard that I might potentially work with the youth. So he says, you know, I um, really have a passion for youth and I really want to start getting involved with the youth group. And I'm thinking in my mind, does he really care about youth or is he just using them to like get my number? So then he says, so can I have your number? <laughs> I'm like, um, yes, you can. And well, I think we've discovered that he didn't really use the youth. He really does have a heart for them, but I wasn't sure at the moment. So give him my number. We go out on a date a couple days later. He, had, he waited two days just to make it not so creepy, you know? Um, so we go out, and we just, like, hit it off. So the next time we hung out, Phil says to me, I love you. I want to marry you. And I start to have anxiety, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was, like, cool and fun, but, like, that's weird. Like, I've known you for, like, a week. You don't love me, and we're not getting married. Like, not really, you know? That was, like, fun to think about, but, like, now you're being serious, and that's just, like, no. So I realized in the moment that I had this fear of commitment, and it started, like, rising, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So then our, our fairy tale quickly turned. And if any of you walked with us through that first year, it was hell. It really was. It was a year of hell. And God used each of us in each other's lives to bring out all this stuff that we didn't even know was in there. And it was ugly. And I began to, like, hate this person. <laughs> no joke. I literally told my friend, like, because everybody around me was like, what is wrong with you? Like, he's so great. Like, what, why? I'm like, no, he's not. He is not great. And I would tell him, listen, um, I would never marry you even if you were the last person on the face of the planet. That's what I said. And I said, I don't even want to be your friend, actually. Like, and this whole time he was praying and God was saying, love her unconditionally even though she's not returning it, just love her unconditionally. And he told me this, and, and he said, you know, God's just, like, showing me, like, um, Hosea, how he just pursued, and I'm like, so you're calling me a prostitute? <laughs> like, what? I'm like, God, please tell him to stop doing this. Like, give up already. Like, I am never going to marry you. Never say never. So you're going to tell your, your side, right? Yeah, so my turn. Um... I think one of the biggest, how I would describe this would be in two ways. There are two types of relationship. There are contractual relationships and there are covenantal relationships. So a contractual relationship looks like this. Anyone have a job? 
They don't have a job. Okay, so this is a contractual relationship, right? When you got your job, you probably signed a contract saying, I will fulfill these services. And your boss is saying, if you fulfill these services, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. This is how it looks like in a relationship. A contractual relationship looks like this. Kaylin, if you love me, I'm going to love you. It's actually dependent on the other person. It's dependent on what they say and do. So meaning, if my wife fulfills her duties, I'll do this. It's dependent on someone else. Can you imagine if Christ loved us that way? Can you imagine? A covenantal relationship looks like this. I'm going to love you no matter what you do. You can hate me. You can spit on me. You can despise me, but I'm going to love you. It doesn't matter. It's not dependent on someone else. It's actually not dependent on what they do, but dependent on who you are. That's the difference between a contractual and a covenantal relationship. The word tells us in Romans 5 that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine on Christ's way to the cross, if he, if he knew all those people are like, they're rejecting me. Forget it. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Forget it. Can you imagine that? But Christ is actually calling us to love one another in relationship in a covenant way. Saying, Cam, I love you no matter what. It doesn't matter what you do. You can despise me. So this whole time we were dating, this is what God was teaching me. He says, Phil, I'm going to teach you about unconditional love. About unconditional love. And every time we would come together and she would say, uh, I don't even like you. I hate you. It's like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Like, I'd go back, and I, I would pray, and, and God would remind me. He's like, remember that time in college where, where you were doing this? He's like, yep, I still loved you through that. He's like, yep, my, my attitude, my love towards you didn't change based off what you did. And he's like, so yours cannot change right now. So in the midst of our whole relationship, God was teaching me the difference between the two of these things. And how many of you know— that it's great to come in here and in theory hear about the word of God, but it's different to go out there and have it tested. It's in the testing that it becomes a part of you. Before that, it's just a thought. It's just a theory. But after you test it, right? I always think of this. It's like in, in middle school, right? They have you do these science projects and you have this hypothesis. Unless you actually test that experiment, it's just a hypothesis. Until you come to the conclusion of saying, this is actually real. And I began to discover something, that unconditional love is greater than hate. That unconditional love is greater than how everyone treats you, what they think about you. This is actually how Christ lived when he went to the cross. Saying, spit on me, whip me, beat me, kill me. Doesn't matter, I'm still going to love you. It's actually saying to someone, I love you no matter what you do. That's what we're talking about, and that's what I learned uh, in, in this relationship. Yeah, so miraculously enough, um, before he, so I'm sure you're wondering how we actually ended up to, you know, start liking each other again. Um, before he went to play soccer in North Carolina, he asked me, can we just get together like one more time before I leave? And I'm like, okay, I guess so. And I'm thinking, we're just going to have coffee and you're, we're going to go our separate ways. Like, it was fun. It wasn't fun at all, but go to North Carolina. I bless you, you know. And the weirdest thing happened. He starts telling me again, like, I love you. I'm like, I believe that, that you're, we're supposed to get married. And literally, like, in a moment, God says, that's your husband. You're going to marry him. And my heart turned in a moment. I can't even explain it. I don't know how it happened, but I just know that it happened. 
And I said to him, I love you, too. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I am. Like, I love you, and I am going to marry you. And he's like, yes! <laughs> like, he just, like, that. goes running off. I was pretty happy inside. Skipping. No. Um, so, literally, he leaves in the next five months. We, we just dated long distance, and it was awesome because we got to know each other um, just to hear each other's heart, like nothing else but just to get to know each other. Um, so, where am I in the story? So, we wanted to ask you three questions today, three main questions. And these are not like, wow, great revelation, but these are things that we want you to just really ask yourself and talk with your spouse about today. Number one would be, are we living as one? Are we living as one? When God spoke over Adam and Eve, he said, I'm going to unite you and I'm going to make you one flesh. So think about this. God's plan is that we would be united, that we would be on the same page, that we would be pursuing the same thing, that we would have, be of one mind, of one spirit, of one flesh. So we always have to acknowledge the fact that how's the enemy going to attack us? He's going to come in and try to divide. He's going to try to get us on a different page. He's going to try to get us fighting. I mean, imagine if we realized, like, we were in a fight not too long ago, and all of a sudden, like, God just said, like, this is the enemy. This is the enemy. And I just was like, oh, (laughs) well, if this is the enemy, then this is stupid. Like, let's just stop. And he was like, yeah. So then we just started praying, and we were just like, you know, fine. After that, we didn't even have to try to, like, work it out and say, well, you did this, and you did that, and but I meant this, and blah, 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 and back and forth. We just said, this is the enemy. This isn't God. Anytime you are in a disagreement, it's not God. And what a way to diffuse a fight right there is just to say, it's just the enemy. Like, just laugh it off and move on. Because he just wants to divide you. Think of all the ways that if he can get you so busy, this is a huge one. You're driving kids all around, like, you know, soccer and basketball, and just, like, things get so busy. And you can go a whole week without realizing we haven't even, like, talked. We haven't even had, like, a real conversation. And normally I notice this. Um, and usually women, we, we need that, like, emotional connection. And I will notice, and I'll say, like, whoa, we need to just, like, talk. And we'll just sit down and just say, like, how's your heart? Like, what's God saying to you? And we'll pray together. And that is the most unifying thing that you can do. Do you pray together? Do you have times of just, like, disconnecting from everything and just connecting with the Father? Because that is the thing that will unify you. The Bible says that when two or more agree on this earth, it will be done for you. There's power in in agreement. There's no power in disagreement. So to get united, to be in prayer, get in God's presence, have time to connect— you know, maybe, maybe some of us just need to say, like, listen, cancel the plans because we need to reconnect on a heart level. Yeah, so two of the biggest factors that come against, uh, that come in really where the enemy tries to come in with division, I would say the first one for us would be, would be competition. Would be competition. One of the biggest things we learned in premarital, really building on our relationship, was that we're one. We're actually on the same team. Like, we're actually moving in the same direction, going towards the same thing. We're not, Kaylin's doing her thing, I'm doing my thing. We're actually moving together. 
And what happens when competition comes in between you is that you begin to compete against each other instead of realizing you're on the same team. Meaning, if I realize I'm on the same team, it means her victory is my victory. It means her victory is my victory. So saying she gets a promotion at, at work, obviously, like, it'd be here at the church. So she got promoted to senior pastor. It'd be like, yeah, yeah, great. This is awesome. This is incredible. But can you celebrate with your spouse? Can you celebrate with them? And saying, like, that is absolutely incredible. Let's celebrate. It, it may not have happened for you, but what if it happened for them? Are you still celebrating? Are you still excited about that? The other one is, is comparison. How many of you, like, have Facebook? Facebook, Instagram, any social media? Okay, Facebook is, like, the biggest liar, right? Does anyone post? Do you guys post your fights on Facebook? Or you, you post, like, bad things about your spouse on Facebook? Like, probably not. You, you post, like, out to dinner. Like, this is so great. We love each other. And you're, like, posting selfies of, like, you and your marriage and how awesome it is. But you really don't see the other side of it. And so comparison, you're saying, oh, my, my husband doesn't act like that. He didn't get me those roses. He didn't take me out to that restaurant. He didn't do that. Like, why can't you be more like him? Those kind of things, it actually breeds dishonor. So when we talk about honoring a marriage, that breeds dishonor. You saying, hey, why can't you be like him? It's like, well, God didn't make me like him. So why don't you begin to honor me for who God's created me to be? And actually, when you begin to honor people, it actually means that you would celebrate someone for who they are instead of focusing on who they aren't. That's an incredible, incredible factor in your marriage. And, you know, a lot of it comes from the words that you speak, realizing that, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so the things that you speak, those are the things that will grow. And so if we're constantly speaking about, like, who that person is not, those are the things that are growing. The thing that you will honor will grow. It, the thing that you dishonor will also grow. So we actually have the power through the words that we're speaking to cause life to come from them. Like instead of always, and I've always, I'm growing in this. It's so easy to just point out the things that are not good or that you wish that were better. And why don't you do this? And you don't ever do this. And, but instead of doing that, let's just call out, you're awesome at this. Like let's honor the things that we, that we want to grow. Amen. So point number one is, is are you living as one? And number two is this, are you still being transparent? And this is out of um, verse 25 of Genesis 2. It says, Adam and his wife were naked and felt no shame. How many of you guys are uh, like internal processors? Like you process things internally. Like you don't, you don't talk to people about them, but like you're like, hey, I'll just, I'll just figure it out. Like that's so me. Oh my gosh. So the, the interesting piece about people who do that, they're often, their hurts, their pains, everything they're going through, it's often just kept inside. So when we began to like figure this out in marriage that I actually need to talk about these things, it's like, what? Like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm good. No, I'm good. Like, really, I'm good. It's like, no, Phil, you're not good. Like, you're really not good. So Kaylin is someone who processes things and will tell me anything. Like, she's very open, very honest, very transparent. So in our relationship, she's actually been able to bring this out in me. She's been able to bring this out in me. One of the stories we, we have, so this is kind of funny. So in college, I studied finance. So you'd think I'd be, like, really good with money, but I'm kind of not. <laughs> I'm kind of not. And so I, I like to spend. And so we had this credit card, and I started spending 
and spending and spending and not paying it off. <clears throat> and Caitlin had a dream one night. She had a dream that I was like hiding something, that something was going on. And she almost said to me, we're sitting on the couch one night. And she says, hey, do you have anything to like share? Do you feel like, is there, are you hiding anything? And I, at first I was like, no, nah, like there's nothing. Like there's nothing. And then she just gives me that look, right? Like that a wife can only give you like, are you sure? Like, you sure? Like, really? And I was like, well, like there might be something. And I began to tell her, I was like, actually, we kind of have like this amount of credit card debt. Like I start, and she was like, oh my gosh, like really? One of the things I've learned that if you actually want a relationship to be honest, open, and transparent, sometimes people call them like those hot conversations, like I actually have those. You actually have to create an environment that fosters that. At the beginning of our relationship, when Kaylin was really honest with me, this is what I would do. I would get really mad and I'd get really upset and I'd freak out. It was almost, you you know, those conversations where someone starts it by saying, do you promise not to get mad? It's like, that's going to be a horrible conversation. Like, this is not going to go well. And I would always say that, right? Like, yeah, I'm not going to get mad, but I would. But I would. (laughs) It was almost like the setup, and then it was like the breakdown. It was like, that's what would happen. But after a while, something started to happen where she said, I don't want to share anything with you. I don't want to be honest. I don't want to be true because you're just going to get mad. So one of the ways we're, we're talking about being transparent is willing to be open, but the response of your spouse or the response of the person you're in a relationship with has to be one of, at least we're going to talk about it. Like you getting angry doesn't help anything, but you saying, hey, we're together. I see us as one. We're going to work through this together. And her, her issue, I take it on and say, okay, how can we work through this? How can we, how can we foster an environment where we continue this over and over and over? Because me getting angry just didn't help at all. Yeah. Um, another thing that really helped us was that through our premarital, we had another couple that was walking us through all these things. And, you know, sometimes I think we should just have that like person or couple that we can go to at any time. Like, why does it have to end in premarital, you know? And, and we don't have to wait. A lot of times we wait until we're like, you know, separated or like things are in crisis before we actually go to get help. But I think it would do a lot of us good if we just had a couple that we really trust, that we admire in their marriage and say, we love your marriage. Like we really admire like how you're living this out. And like, can you help us? Can you speak into our lives? Because that was huge um, in helping us navigate like how to do how to do this, how to be honest, how to not get angry and blow up. And, and a lot of times those things are rooted back to something that happened in your past. And I think the biggest thing about, about marriage is, like I mentioned as in that first year, is that when you're this close with somebody, things are going to come up. And that's a good thing. That is God's plan of sanctification. Marriage is part of God's plan of sanctification, is that things come up and you say, whoa, like that was not pretty. That was not God. Like, where did that come from? And together you can get to the root of that. And you can just say, you know, oh my gosh, like when I was a kid, I saw this and it wounded me. And now I'm responding and acting out of that to be able to discover those things, get to the root, find healing, but to have a couple that you can share open and honestly with. Because like he said, a lot of times when we come into church, we just put on a smile and everything's great. And then we go home and it's like, things are not great. This should be a place where we can be open and honest about things that we're really, really struggling with. Yeah. 
When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right, what did God do with them? Okay, so he did kick them out. Like, I understand that. But he made clothes for them, right? And he covered them. And actually, in our, our marital relationship and even our everyday relationships, what if we began to live like that? Instead of saying, hey, did you hear, did you hear what Seth did? Hey, did you guys hear? Did you guys hear? And spread it. You're actually saying, I'm going to cover you. Like, come here. Come here. And I would challenge you. There's, um, there's a portion of scripture that speaks about this and talks about really the, the way for, for divorce, right? So, like, what, what's that way in saying, like, you can get divorced if, like, it's, it's saying for marital unfaithfulness. Right? That's kind of what we're talking about. I know there's other portions of Scripture that speak to it. But I'm actually going to challenge you and say, there's an even greater love than that. And this is what it is. What if, what if your spouse was unfaithful? What if? What if Kaylin came to me and said, I've been unfaithful? I'll challenge you and say, what if every time we cheated on God, he disowned you? and he divorced you, and he got rid of you. I'm actually saying there may be a greater love than that. That's saying no matter what you do, no matter what you do, and this is why this is so interesting, because in the Bible it says it's okay if you do that. You're still right. You're still right. It's, it's not wrong to do that. But I'm actually challenging you and saying there may, there's actually a greater love. That's saying I'm going to stick with you no matter what you do. And you would actually cover their sin and say, come on, we're going to work through this. We're going to do it. I I think God is challenging us. And even if you're sitting here and saying, I'm single, I don't know about this yet. God is actually wanting to develop such a love in every single one of us that we can move out from this place. That we not not just treat our spouses that way, but we treat everyone that way. And say, I'm going to love you unconditionally. Oh, you're struggling with, with heroin and, and you're leaving us and you're going this place and that place. Hey, I'm going to love you unconditionally. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm not going to disown you. I'm not going to push you away. What if? What if the church began to live like that? Yeah, worship team, you can come. We're just going to close this out um, with our last question. Are you fulfilling your purpose? That God actually, I know a lot of times we... Um, we just think, oh, I'm just getting married because I want to have a life partner. And that's part of it. But did you know that God brought you together for a purpose? He wanted to establish something on the earth, and he knew that you could do it better together than you could apart. When I was 16, um, I had just recently had like an encounter with God that totally changed me. And I was like a freak for Jesus when I was a teenager. And I would get upset with people that would come into church and, like, be holding hands with somebody. Or, like, you know, the husband has his arm around the wife. I'd be like, are you serious? Like, this is our time to focus on God. Like, stop doing that. And I would get, like, frustrated. Like, what the heck? Like, all my friends, like, why are you wasting time, like, on a relationship? Like, and I literally, in my prayer time, and I wrote this down in my journal, and I said, God, I am not going to be distracted by guys. I'm 16 years old. I'm not going to be distracted. I want to have undivided devotion to you. And I said, the only way I'm going to get married is if you think that it's better for me, that I can advance the kingdom better with someone else than I can by myself. That's the only way. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be just dating just to have fun. I actually just want to advance the kingdom of God better with somebody else than I can by myself. And if that's what you think, then I will get married. 
What if we thought like that? What if in the midst of our, our fighting and just, you know, all the things that, that we go through in marriage, if we could just say, you know what, God brought us together because he thought we could do something better together than we could on our own. Our fights would quickly dissipate. Things would quickly get real. This is the thing. When God brought Adam and Eve together, he gave them an assignment that they could not do separately. This was their assignment. Fill the earth. Last time I checked, you need a man and a woman to fill the earth. They couldn't do it alone. There was no possible way. Adam wasn't more important. Eve wasn't more important. They had to come together and do this thing together. Listen, you guys have a call, a purpose, an assignment, and what the enemy would love to do is to divide you, to discourage you, to get you distracted, but God is reminding you today, I brought you together for a reason. I'm going to unify you. Just get alone with me. Get together. Pray. Press in. Sharpen each other. How are you doing in the Lord? How, what's God saying to you? We're in this together. And we just want to bless you today. We want to bless your marriage to even be able to dream again, to be able to dream again. Are you still dreaming together? I know when we um, got engaged, we talked about all those things like, what do you want to do with life? Like, what are your goals? What are your dreams? Like, let's write them down. And, you know, only two years has gone by and we have to revisit those. I can imagine when 20, 30, 40 years goes by, some of those things can get lost. And we want to remind you today, keep dreaming, keep pursuing, keep going after those things that God has for you because he wants to use you in a certain way that only he can do through both of you. Are you still dating? Are you still best friends? Are you still laughing? You know, we can't take life so seriously. Sometimes I can get like so serious and it's like, let's just have fun. Like, let's go on vacation. Let's do something. Somebody just offered um, a, a beach house on Cape Cod. They said, I have a beach house and if anyone wants to use it, I'm, I'm going to give it away for $30 a week. So come to me if you want that. If you're married, you guys want a, a getaway at Cape Cod, I'll direct you to that person. Take time. It's important to have fun together. Return to that time where you fell in love and you walked down the aisle and it was like, ah, oh, this is the best thing ever. Return to that. If you're married, would you just stand up? Would you just stand up? We just want to pray a blessing over you and we want you to know today that we are with you, that we know sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes the enemy just comes in and he wants to discourage. Maybe some of you don't even have um, a believing spouse. And God's actually saying, that's part of the plan because I'm using you and you're believing and you're praying and they're going to come. They're going to come. He's faithful. So, Phil, would you just bless? Yes, you guys just want to hold out your hands. And if you're just sitting there, you can extend your hands to these people as well. God, we thank you for marriage. God, we're thankful for marriage. God, that we actually get to fully display you in our marriages. God, and I just want to lift up every single person right now who's sitting here who is married, who's standing here in this place and saying, I, I want that covenant relationship, that I'm in it. I, I want to love unconditionally. God, we just release a fresh wave of your love right now into every single marriage, a fresh wave of intimacy over every single person here right now, that they would go deeper, that they would go further, that dreams would be ignited in both of them, God, that, that can be can be, can be just accomplished, that can be walked out. 
God, we thank you that dreams are, are stirred in each one of them right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you visit their marriages. We thank you that you bring up uh, the questions that haven't been asked in a long time. God, we thank you for a deeper intimacy with their spouse. God, I just want to lift up every single um, person here right now who is married, who's saying, uh, my spouse doesn't know the Lord right now. We just call on their salvation right now. We call forth their salvation right now in Jesus' name that they would be united as one with Christ at the center. God, we just want to release that over every single one right now, that you would be at the center of every single marriage in this place, that every marriage that comes out of here, that lives here at Grace Capital Church is saying, Christ is at the center. Christ directs us. That's what a marriage with Christ at the the center looks like. God, we just want to release that and speak a blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. God, that every lie that the enemy's spoken to them or that has crept in or every fear that's crept in, we break that off right now in Jesus' name and say you can no longer have any hold on their marriage. No longer any hold. We release new hope. We release new love, new joy just to sweep over their marriage right now in Jesus' name. New joy that they would love, love, love being married again. Every single one of them. can sit down and I just I also want to ask with every eye closed if you're here today and you would say I've been wounded by marriage whether it was your own marriage or like I said earlier your parents or somebody that that really um, hurt you and you feel like my heart is hard hard towards marriage would you just raise your hand I want to pray for you thank you Lord thank you Lord God, right now, I just release the perfect love of the Father to come in. God, I release a fresh wave of your spirit, of your presence to come right now. In Jesus' name, God, you are the only one that can heal hearts. You are the only one who can soften hearts again. And so, God, I pray right now that you would do what only you can do, that you would come and that you would place your hand on every wound right now in Jesus name I pray that this would be the beginning of healing of healing of healing God I pray that where forgiveness needs to be released there would be forgiveness released God where there has been bitterness God that they would just be released of burdens of bitterness God and I pray that you would come in with a fresh wave of your spirit thank you, Lord, that we have the hope of a perfect marriage when we see Jesus face to face. When we walk down that aisle, there's going to be nothing like it. And God, that's our model. That's our hope. That's what we have to look forward to. So I bless every person here and I pray for healing in Jesus' name. We'll just finish on on a fun note. If you're not married but want to be and want to get married, you can stay, even if you're young and say, someday I do want to be married. I want you to stand up. We want to pray over you. If you say, I am not, we're not married yet, but we want to be. I want to get married. I want Don't to get be married. be shy. Come on. We all want to be married. Let's be honest. If you're not married and saying, I want to be, it's really a heart's desire of mine. So all, all you married people, you guys can extend your hands. So Father, we thank you for all these people who are saying, God, I, I, want, I want to be married. And I want to be married the way you want me to be married. God, and we just release covenant relationship over all these people right now in Jesus' name, that you would teach them what it means to love unconditionally, to love their spouse that you're bringing along, that they would love them just like you love them. 
God, I thank you that for every single one of these people, that they're walking in purity right now. We just want to release the spirit of purity over you right now, that you would hold yourself pure until that marriage day, that, that your spouse, even if you don't know them yet, God, we just release purity over them right now as you're preparing them. God, we thank you just for purity and purity and purity and purity more and more and more. God, I thank you that you are preparing these people for marriage. God, I thank you that that scripture speaks that a wife will honor her husband all the days of her life, even before she's married, that she will honor her husband. God, we thank you that these people here right now are preparing themselves for marriage, saying, yeah, God, someday I want to be married. And so we just release a blessing over every single one of them right now, that if they've already found that person, they're saying, I think this is my spouse. God, we release a blessing over them, over the people who are saying, I don't know who that is yet. God, we release a blessing that just a confidence and a contentment in you, knowing that that person is coming knowing that they're coming. So we just release a blessing over these people right here in this place. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 